There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hello, everybody, and welcome back. Welcome back to another week. Welcome back to another episode. Welcome back to If I Didn't Laugh, I'd Cry. We are back. We are back. How has the last two weeks been for everybody? What have you been doing, thinking, feeling? How's it going? You know what I mean? I am doing good. I am recouped, rested, and rejuvenated. And now I'm back. You know what I mean? Um, I missed everybody. I hope you guys missed me too. Did you guys miss me? You don't have to talk. You don't have to talk. I can feel it in the air. I can feel it in your auras. <laughs> Whatever that means. But yeah, it's good to be back. It's good to be back recording. It's good to be back doing something to doing what I love to be honest with you like this recording editing thing can get a little bit long because I feel like the big shots have like people who help them edit and things like that so when you're doing it by yourself that's the bit that can get long but the actual talking about what I talk about the, the love that love that you know what I mean so yeah um I think last the last little series we did like um, of the atheism, counterbalancing or what the Bible says, I think that was quite informative. I feel like that was quite a good one, right? But now we're moving into the new series. So guys, as per usual, it's just me. So let's get into it. do not have anything to get off my chest not at all right because the thing that i want to get off my chest it's just it's it's constant it's just the cost of living like who who is surviving this who is surviving this show me right because it's not me so that's something i'm got it's probably going to be a get off my chest every single week like how is how are we still cost of living how are things still increasing you know what I mean? But an embarrassing if I didn't laugh at cry story. I think I had one, but I've forgotten it. But I did see an embarrassing if I didn't laugh at cry story right before my eyes at the gym. There was this guy, right? There was this guy who had just finished his workout and he was going to the toilets. <laughs> he was going to the toilets. And my man literally 
pushed the female toilet. And then he looked at the door, he caught himself and he looked at the door and he was like, and then he turned around. It has this embarrassed smirk on his face, looks around to see if anyone clocked. And he even, I could see the relief that no one clocked, but he didn't make eye contact with me. Because if he made eye contact with me, I would have been like, I saw you. I saw you do that thing. And <laughs> he looked like, oh, thank God no one saw that. Because everybody did look like they're in their own heads, really busy. But I saw, okay? I saw it. And he didn't see me that I saw. And then he um, turned around and went into the male toilets. But I thought, right before my eyes, something like this has happened. That's crazy. Oh, I do have one. Remember the time when I went to the gym and I was walking with mad confidence only to find out that my leggings were backwards? Well, they're like back to front. I did it again. I did it again. But my hoodie was not long enough. And I was strutting. Oh, my days. I don't know who I think I am. By strutting, I was walking like Jack from, from Top Boy. I was walking like a, I was walking like a roadman. Yeah? I was walking like the gym pays me to go to it. <laughs> and then, and then, I'm thinking, rah, <laughs> so much attention today. <laughs> Why are people staring at me? It's crazy, you know? And I looked in the mirror. I just clocked when I was going to get the weights. I clocked. I said, oh, my days. How can this happen twice? I literally did get dressed in the dark, though, because when I wake up in the morning, especially in the winter, it's not light outside. And what I hate early in the morning is bright lights. So I just turn the hallway light on. I literally keep my eyes closed. I turn the hallway light on and I go in the toilet and I do everything with semi-darkness. So I did that and I went into the um, dress-up room. Um, so I didn't see what I was doing. Yeah, I didn't put the lights on in the dress-up room. Like, it's like a walk-in wardrobe type of situation. And, yeah, yeah, just, uh, yeah, I just didn't feel very good about that one because I thought he, you know, I must be a joke to these people now. These people must be looking at me like this girl is now a joke. This girl can't get dressed. This girl, how old is she? You know what I mean? This auntie. Yeah? <laughs> no, no. Choke me out. I'd rather go in the male toilets. At least then I could just be like, oh, sorry. I'm just, just feeling like a pervert today. You know what I mean? But I'm joking. I'm <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> So the next series that I want to do, right, is I've been asked this question before when I was busy. Like, you know what? I know who I am. I know I'm a Christian. I know God is real. I know I'm a Seventh-day Adventist. And the question will come up of like, well, but how do you know that Christianity is the right religion? How do you know that Seventh-day Adventist is like the church? You know what I mean? And my response is, I just do like it, it lines up with the Bible. It lines up with what we've seen in prophecy and things like that. Right. But then the question is like, if, if somebody who was from a different like um, religion was to ask you these things, and was to say, I know that my God is the true God. I know that what I believe as a Buddhist, like that's the right thing. What would you respond to that? One of my friends asked me that. And I said, I'll say good for you, Gigi. Like, <laughs> It's got no bearing on my truth because I've tasted and seen, I've searched and I've found, you get what I mean? So whether you know definitively or not does not shake me in what I know. You understand? So then this next series is going to be on other denomination, what they believe and 
compare it to what the Bible says and what Christianity says, right? And by Christianity, I'm talking about Bible believers because even Christianity, there are denominations in Christianity where they just, it's, it's, it's one of those things that some people view hell differently some people view heaven differently some people view um the second coming differently for example in christianity there are people who believe that people are going to be raptured before the tribulations and some people are going to remain who are going to enjoy the tribulation and then jesus is going to come and today i heard a preacher a youtube preacher who said jesus is going to rapture his people and they're going to go to heaven and then the second coming is different because you know that's when he's going to come back with the saints huh <laughs> where <laughs> where in the biblia does it say that where in the bible does it say that because i must have missed that so in spirit of this there was a question on reddit so now we're going to spend the next however many episodes exploring this dissecting it looking into it and it says why are you a christian and how do you know it's the right religion for you hello i was just hoping to read some people's reasons why they're a christian despite all the religions out there and the and their denominations maybe it will guide me back to the religion as i don't feel a strong connection to it okay and the first answer, the first response is, I was fully confirmed agnostic by the time I was 13 and had at that point, um, and had at that point had a distant and vague memory of what church was all about. You know, English is not for all of us, you get what I mean? When I went off to study at my university, I was full-blown skeptic wedded to naturalism, who fully rejected the doctrinal claims of Christianity, but I still had a favorable view of its overall ethics. And as I encountered Christians who were actually, um, who were actually living out those ethics, I admired their lives even as I rejected their core beliefs. As time went on, cracks started to form in the basis of my own beliefs. I could not derive meaning, purpose, or basis for the ethics I craved based on my philosophical commitment to naturalism as I attempted to live according to um, those ethics. I began to realize there was something in me which resisted that or dismissed it altogether when it was contrary to something I desired, like an attractive woman. I actually don't know what naturalists believe, right? This is Tawonga speaking. It's not the, the answer anymore. I don't know what naturalists believe, so that would be quite interesting to find out. That led to the realization that I did not have a par the power in and of myself to live out the ethics I admired in a consistent manner. I would say that was the point at which God gobsmacked me, as it were. I saw clearly that I was not a good person and I couldn't become one on my own. Either there was something outside of myself that could transform who I was or I had to resign myself to the fact that I was rather a wretched creature. From there, I became much more willing to entertain the basics of Christianity, who Jesus was and how we can come to know him. What the overall theme and purpose of scripture was, I eventually made the decision to follow Christ and haven't regretted for one second in the decision that I have followed since. Well put. You know, this is somebody's journey. They have explored other um, beliefs and they have found that there was always something lacking. Mine is also quite similar. Like, I haven't explored other beliefs in the sense of 
a rejected Christianity, right? But I have I have gotten to know other beliefs in a quest of what if it's not Christianity, but Christianity is always something that drew me. But I have rejected God in a sense of I said, God, you've hurt my feelings, like you guys know already. Like you've hurt my feelings. Yeah, show me. Tell me why you've done this. Because I'm not going to pray to you no more. I'm not going to go to church no more. I'm not going to talk about you no more. And I even told my family, yo, miss me with all of that. (laughs) Miss me with all of that. Right? So, you know, I have gone on my own journey until even me, God gobsmacked me where I was like, rah. It's all God. It all points back to God. And now the more I explore the Bible, the more the Bible is like it's it all goes back to God. And I'm like, this is a realization I came to before even reading the Bible. And that's what makes my faith even stronger because it's like I believed before I actually was transformed, if that makes sense. I came to the realization that it's all about the living God. I have to differentiate because many people have many gods in it. But it's about the living God. Um, And that pointed my attention to the Bible now. And when I was reading the Bible and the Bible was confirming, it's all about the living God. The trials, the tribulations. And this person is right because I also was seeking searching and everything that i tried i still lacked purpose and i still like fulfillment you know what i mean but then now i've come to god it's like the void and the hole that was in my life is gone it's absolutely gone so with that being said i did some research into the first um religion that i thought i've never really looked into this religion so that's going to be quite interesting to talk about this religion but the first religion that i looked into is Buddhism. Okay. So, Buddhists, when it comes to creation, Buddhists believe that the universe is cyclical. So, they do not believe in a beginning of anything, but rather they view the universe as eternal, which means they also do not believe it has an end. It is a constant and constantly changing. Buddhists do not believe one needs to know the origin of life in order to achieve enlightenment. The Dalai, Dalai, is it Dalai Lama or Dalai Lama? The Dalai Lama dismisses the idea that everything is random, like the theory of evolution based on natural selection. Ultimately, they believe that the beginning of life in in this universe is inconceivable and has neither beginning nor end, but rather the world has been has been created a million times every second and will continue to do so by itself and it will break away by itself. So they don't exactly look forward to like a um, an end of the world. You know what I mean? Many religions have an end of the world. There's an end somewhere. You know what that end looks like? You know, we'll, we'll, we'll find out. But Buddhists don't believe in that. So forgive me if I mispronounce this, but Siddhartha Gautama, Siddhartha Gautama was the first person to teach in enlightenment and Buddhist views. Buddhists do not believe in a god or any deity. The Buddha, i.e. Siddhartha, is the founder of Buddhism faith, but doesn't want to be believed in as a god. But if... um, if the founder of but is the founder of the religion and all the key principle uh, teachings by the Buddha. The Buddha's main teachings are four principles, and by these principles they navigate life. 
So Buddhism was founded in northern India approximately 2,500 years ago. The Buddha was born rich in the present day in Nepal and was a prince around the 5th so he was born rich in present day Nepal, and he was a prince around the fifth century. He saw the poor and the de- and death, and realized that human life was suffering. So he renounced his wealth and lived as a poor beggar for a time. He spent his time traveling and meditating, but was unsatisfied with this, and then came to the middle way, which is basically living in neither um, neither as a really extremely poor person. Um, and neither having abundance of wealth either, but having a balance. Eventually, whilst he was in a state of deep meditation, he achieved enlightenment, or as the Buddhists call it, nirvana, underneath the body tree or body tree, aka, aka the tree of awakening. Okay, so the four principles of Buddhism are, one, dukkha, suffering. Without mud, there is no lotus. Could it be possible that life suffering can be the catalyst for wisdom? In Buddhism, so this quote is, I forgot, y'all forgive me because I should be citing, but go and Google it. But this quote, this is a quote by somebody, it's not what my notes were for myself. In Buddhism, the art of suffering, whether, whether major or minor, I believe to be the things that are all part of life and have always been so. This is known as dukkha in Buddhism. Okay. So let me stop there about suffering. I want to keep this as snappy as possible. Do you know what I mean? Um, In Christianity, we have a beginning and the end. You know what I mean? In the beginning, God created the the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form. You know what I mean? And God said, let there be light. God said this. God created this. God created man on the sixth day. And the animals on the sixth day. And he rested on the seventh. And he blessed the seventh day. Sanctified it. Called it Sabbath day. And we know that in the book of Revelation, uh, there's a coming a day when Jesus is going to return and take the holy ones home. So we know that there is a beginning and an end to the world. When it comes to suffering, we know that there is suffering in the world, but suffering was brought in, like a, suffering was brought in by the fall of, ma- of man. You know, the fall of man, when God pronounced, do not eat of that fruit for the day you eat of it, you will surely die. And man decided to go against God. That's the day that suffering started is now the thing that is sure is death. We will surely die. You know what I mean? So um, when it comes to reading that about Buddhism, about suffering, about, you know, that the, without mud there is no lotus, like I, I, I can see why. I can see why this is an alluring religion because it's very nice and nice. It's very poetic. Yeah, you know, because it's true. Lotus does grow on mud. You know, you find the, ug- the the most beautiful things growing out of the most ugliest things. So they're basically saying, you know, without death, there is no life. Without suffering, there is no enlightenment, basically. That's their belief. But you've got to aim for the enlightenment. You've got to do the suffering and then you've got to meditate and you'll be enlightened. You'll reach nirvana. You know what I mean? Okay, so the second principle is samudaya, the origins of dukkha. They believe the origin of suffering derives from desire. In his first sermon, Buddha associated the cause of suffering to craving or attachment. 
In Buddhist teachings, the sufferings are understood as stemming from negative actions, for example, killing, lying, stealing, and negative mental states like desire, hatred, and ignorance. The negative mental state refers to the active misconception of the nature of things like seeing self where there is no self and beauty where there is no pleasure, there is none, or pleasure in pain. Okay? So it's like the origin of suffering when it comes to Buddhists is self, right? It's it's people we are the ones who create suffering we are the ones who create the world and you know in a way that's true when it comes to christianity because we are the ones who chose to go against god's order god's command of do not eat or eat of the fruit you understand however in the book of genesis let me go, let me not go too far in the book of genesis chapter 3 you um find Verse 1, it says, Now the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field which the Lord God has made, right? And he said to the woman, Has God indeed say you shall not eat of of every tree of the garden? So it's like the serpent was there to deceive the woman. He was cunning. He was doing that for his own personal gain. That's the origin of suffering, was really the person who wanted other people to suffer as well, was the devil, right? But then us, the our desires, like um, the Buddhists can say, like the, the, the desire for this fruit, because the Bible does even say, Right, that the woman saw that the fruit, the saw that the tree was good for food, that it was pleasant to the eyes, and the tree was desirable to make one wise. She took of its fruit and ate. So it's like her personal desire for this fruit is the one that made her stumble and fall. You get what I mean? So it's like you can understand, or you not even understand, you can see the the how can I say it? You can see just the near truth it's got but it's not quite the truth based on the bible and based on what i believe right and between the two i feel like the bible makes a lot more sense because it's got an origin people didn't just wake up and go i am going to be bad you know what i mean um but again i understand i can understand or i can see why buddhism would be something that's interesting and that's something that people would go for when it comes to certain of these principles because it's quite poetic it flows you know what i mean um the bible does say the devil is let me just find it the bible in first peter 5 verse 8 it says be sober and be vigilant because your adversary the devil walks about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour it means that the origin of evil the spreading of evil the spreading of desire and self and all these things does have an origin you know what i mean it's not just random nothing is random but buddhists believe that there is no randomness in creation um but again the it's not clear where creation it just it just forms itself and it just you get it you get it it's already confusing you know what i mean um the 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 universe does not have a beginning nor an end you know what i mean it's creating itself constantly and it's going to break away by itself okay cool but then we've got the origin of dukkha how that means that means it's not random but then you're saying it is but then you reject the randomness of the Big Bang theory, of the evolution theory, you know what I mean? So it's like, it's a lot of confusion for me personally, you understand. 
Then let me carry on. The third principle is Neroda, cessation of suffering. They believe that it is possible to stop suffering and achieve enlightenment. This is also known as Nirvana. And this is a transcendent state where there is no suffering or sense of self and desire. In Nirvana, you are in a state of perfect happiness and peace and where you are released from all forms of suffering. In the Bible, right? In the Bible, there's a verse that says, um, let me just find it again. In Philippians 4, verse 7, okay, it says, but verse 6 and 7, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Jesus Christ. So in the Bible, we don't believe that you can reach the state of enlightenment you can reach nizana and you can see suffering for yourself because you've reached this state of happiness and peace and you're released from all forms of suffering because guess what suffering carries on you know and and suffering directly by yourself is one form of suffering but there's suffering secondhand suffering if my baby is sick you know I am suffering on behalf of my baby because now I'm worried about my baby getting better, et cetera, et cetera. But then again, when it comes to the Buddha and the Buddhists, you know, the Buddhist monk, they live a life of isolation. They live a life away from all of these things. If you're not seeing it, it's not going to be there, is it? You know what I mean? But the Bible says that the peace of God, which means that the peace that we feel is not in of ourselves. Because we are still going to see suffering, but we're going to understand the 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 your <laughs> the words are failing me. We're going to understand the the backstory, the context behind that suffering. If I'm seeing death, my mind is it's like yo, that is so sad, and death is a mystery and it's quite scary. But my mind is cast back to the garden, going yo, but God said we will surely die. That's the one thing that He said it will surely happen. You are going to weaken the nations. You are going to make bring it bring in evil and diseases. People are going to kill each other. Nation will rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom. A son will rise up against his father. A daughter against a mother. A mother against their kids. You know that's why we see parents killing off their own kids that's why we see people shooting other people in schools that's why we see girlfriends boyfriends spouses shoot locking off everybody in the house you know what i mean that's the one thing that's promised death we will surely die which means there is suffering in the process you know what i mean but the peace of god which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds through jesus christ it doesn't mean you're not going to suffer it doesn't mean you're not going to feel the struggles of life and the pangs of life. It just means that God will give you the peace of mind. God will give you the, the, the mental capacity to understand that this is a battle. This is spiritual warfare. It's going to give you the mindset to understand um, beyond the, the flesh and blood and to look in the spiritual realm of there is something deeper going on here there is an originator of sin there is somebody the devil my adversary who is like a roaring lion seek seeking whom he may devour 
So that's the mindset of the Bible. That's the mindset of Christianity. And to me, though it's not as poetic as Buddhism, where it says it's transcendent state, you know, you're, there's no suffering or sense of self and desire in nirvana. It's a sense of perfect peace and happiness, blah, blah, blah. Like, though it's not as poetic as that, but it's telling me that, Tawanga, there is a higher power that's bigger than you. Where your strength stop, his stops, his strength begins. Where you're anxious, cast your burdens unto Jesus. There is so something so much bigger than you that in this life you will struggle, you will suffer. Those things you are never going to be departed from. You know what I mean? But know this, that I will look after you. The peace of God will, will help you. And when people are asking you, yo, are you not stressed? Are you not stressed? And you go, no, God's got this. That's the peace that surpasses all understanding. What do you mean God's got this, right? <laughs> I can barely afford to pay attention. How can you be so calm, you know? So this is one of those, and that's the difference we have when it comes to Buddhism and the Bible and things of the Bible. Okay, number four, principle belief, Maga. Oath to the cessation of suffering. They believe the bath, um, the bath? A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board certified physicians who can prescribe FDA approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. I don't know what I was what my notes are saying here. Um, but the believe the bath is a middle way which is which is the steps to achieve enlightenment. I have no clue. I can't make sense of what I was saying. The oath. The oath. They believe the oath is the middle way, which is the steps to achieve enlightenment. This is also known as eightfold path. They believe this is the cure that the Buddha gave for suffering and it proves that it is the ideal way to, to live. Um, and the eightfold path is right, right view, right intention, right speech, right action, right livelihood, right effort, right concentration, right mindfulness. The eightfold path is something a Buddhist must do to reach nirvana. So it's like a, um, you can you can reach this place by yourself. It's like a works based thing, but based on your mindset, everything, your efforts. And if you are a Buddhist and you're going, I haven't reached Nirvana, I'm still suffering, then you're just not a good enough Buddhist. You know what I mean? You 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 haven't practiced the eightfold path. It's like there is a it's like a scheme. Do this to move on to this to move on to this. But then it's like you can start from anywhere and then reach whatever. But anyway, those ways of life on the Eightfold Path can be split into threefold way to, to allow the Buddhist to understand the way of overcoming suffering. Right? The threefold way is ethics. Right speech, right action, right livelihood. Meditation, right effort, right mindfulness, right concentration. And wisdom, right understanding, right intention. So... That's the Buddhist's um, fundamental beliefs, so to speak, right? 
So Buddhists on the origins of evil. Some religions teach that evil is a force outside of ourselves which seduces us to sin. This force is sometimes thought to be generated by Satan or various demons. The faithful are encouraged to seek strength outside of themselves to fight e- to fight evil by looking for God. I.e. Christians, right? We believe that. Or um, Islam, they believe things like that. Um, the Buddha's teaching could not be more different. By oneself, indeed, um, indeed is done... Is evil done by oneself is one defiled by oneself is left is evil left undone by oneself indeed one is purified purity and impurity depend on oneself no one purifies and this is no no one purifies another this is from Dhammapada chapter 12 verse 165 okay Christianity could not be any more different Right, we believe that the purification of a person comes from God and God alone. We believe that a person, it's through no effort of our own that we can be purified, right? But it's our willingness, our heart's willingness to connect with God that now God starts working in in us and starts, you know, refining us and reshaping us, reforming us. Where you were wicked before, you are no longer wicked. Where you were deceitful before, you are no longer deceitful. There is a, a story in the Bible about um, a guy called Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus was a very short man, but he was also a tax collector. My guy was corrupt. I think I've said this before. In it, he was more corrupt than HMRC. You get me. And one day he hears about this Jesus because obviously news is traveling about this Jesus who performs miracles. This Jesus who's just interesting. So one day Zacchaeus knew that Jesus is going to pass through these ends here. Yeah, my ends. Jesus is coming through. My guy, there was so a massive crowd, and my guy's like, I can't see nothing. I am four foot nothing. I'm just joking about that. I don't know his height, but it was very short. So he climbed up a tree, a sycamore tree, and he was up in that tree, and all he wanted was to get a glimpse of this Jesus that people are talking about, this Jesus that he's heard about, you know? And then whilst Jesus is passing by, he stopped at the sycamore tree. He looks up and he says, Zacchaeus, come down. Today I must dine with you in your house. And Zacchaeus was 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 perplexed, I would say. Me? And people were perplexed. Him? You don't know about my man Zacchaeus? You don't What? Right? But it's the heart. Zacchaeus' desire to see Jesus, that's the faith. And in, the, in Hebrews chapter 11, it says, faith is the substance of things hoped for and things not seen, that things unseen. Like, you do not know what you're going to see, what you're going to find when you search out Jesus. But you know what? The fact that you are, Jesus comes. Jesus reveals himself to you. All right? So the Buddhists are saying, no, 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 no. Right? You are evil. No one can make you good but you. It's for your own efforts. Just do this eight-step, eight-fold plan, right? And you know what? You'll be purified. You are going to reach a great mental state, a state of nirvana. You know what I mean? Hmm. Hmm. So Buddhism teaches that something evil is not something we create, not something we are or something um, or some outside force that infects us. Because Buddhists do not believe in the God of deity, they also do not believe in an evil entity. Humans are the evil ones. Okay, so I agree. Humans are evil, but there is a entity that entices you have you ever had a an intrusive thought 
I'm going to be very open here. When Olivia was a baby, right, I would sometimes get these intrusive thoughts when um, she had the soft bit on their heads before their skulls really, like, fuse up together. And I could see the top of her head breathing a little bit. And I would get this intrusive thought of, like, you can press that. You can just press that, right? And the intrusive thoughts were so common. Why? Now, I can't say, oh, the devil made me think that because, again... It's just an intrusive thought, but this thought itself is so evil. It's so cunning. It's so awful that can I say that I wanted to kill my baby? Can I say that I wanted to harm my baby? The answer is no, because I loved my baby and I still love my baby and I never wanted to harm her. But there are some people that follow through that do these evil intrusive thoughts. And some people literally say, I had voices in my head. Why? They gave in to the intrusive thoughts. I'm sorry, argue with somebody else, not me. I have said it openly to my friends. I think psychosis is probably like demon possession. I think psychosis is having voices in your head so many, but whose voices are those? You can't say that it's your voice because... You are trying to rid of this. So, you know, don't quote me. I'm not a psychologist, but these are my personal opinions. I do not believe that we do horrible things just outside of ourselves. I think we're influenced. And now we make the choice to follow through with these things. Sometimes the evil forces are so powerful that in of ourselves, we can't even resist. That's why we need God. That's why we need to surround ourselves and to cover ourselves with the blood of Jesus. You know what I mean? To, to hide under his wings, to say, Jesus, I need thee every hour. That's why we do that as Christians, because we know that there's evil out there. Everybody has had an intrusive thought. Everybody has had, an, has, has had an intrusive thought. Everybody has heard a voice. You know what I mean? But because you don't allow these things to keep entering, there's a Bible verse regarding um, evil spirits, you know, when you exercise them and then you don't do the work, you know, to keep yourself aligned with Jesus and aligned with God. And then they leave and then they go, ah, after all, you know, I left a clean house and they come back to a clean house. But they bring in more, more with them. You're much worse than you were before. You know what I mean? So... Yeah, so that's what Buddhists believe. And to me, it's a very dangerous belief, especially when I compare it to what I believe and when I compare it to, like, what's the real belief because that means that genuinely no one can influence me. I can't be influenced. I'm, I'm my own influence. That's not true, though, is it? That's not true. Um, so Buddhists on salvation... For anyone who understands and accepts the teachings of Buddha, salvation is possible by way of reaching enlightenment and subsequently reaching nirvana. The Buddha himself is said to have realized nirvana when he achieved enlightenment at the age of 35. Although he destroyed the cause of future rebirth, he continued to live for another 45 years. When he died, he entered nirvana, never to be born again. So nirvana is like a, um, a, a realm that you reach in this life where you find perfect peace and happiness. But then they believe in a reincarnation, from what I've read, is that you'll keep being reborn until you get it right, basically. And when the Buddha had reached Nirvana, when he died, you know, he wasn't going to ever be reborn again. But did he die before and was reborn again? How, like, did anyone ever prove that? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so it's a little bit confused, right? But, you know... The, the Christians, when it comes to salvation, is Jesus saves. You know what I mean? Jesus died on the cross for you and me. Jesus died on the cross to save you and me because 
in of ourselves, we were prisoners. We were Satan's. We were Satan's, right? We were the prince of darkness. But Jesus bought us back with a price and we can be saved. We can be saved if we accept this. If we can be saved if we believe in this. We can be saved if we say, Jesus, I surrender all to you. Help me live a righteous life. We can also be saved. But we don't believe that you can enter nirvana but then i searched buddhism on hell hell naraka is a term in hindu and buddhist um, cosmology which is referred to hell in english the naraka of buddhism is closely related to d or the hell of chinese mythology interesting interesting it is believed that being born um but that a being is born into a naraka due to results of his or her karma um, they are believed to live there for the finite period of time until that karma has achieved its full result. After that, she or he will be reborn um, in one of the higher worlds. Therefore, people more focus on developing good karma by doing good deeds and as well as practicing the Buddhist, um, as well as practicing um, in Buddhism. They do rituals, meditate, and other things in front of Buddha statues placed in their houses. They also pay homage to Buddha statues by visiting different pilgrimages sites over a period of time. So they do worship a god. Their god is Buddha. You know what I mean? It, it, to me, religions that are confusing when it comes to these things, oh, we don't believe in a god or a deity right? But we do meditate in front of the Buddha and we do pay homage to Buddha when we go to visit. So that's your God then. And the Bible calls these things idols, right? They call these things idols. Now somebody might say, well, Tawonga, you know, in Christianity, you've got a cross and people wear crosses with Jesus hanging on them. No, that's not biblical. So if you see that, it's not biblical. Actually, that started from Catholicism. You know what I mean? So, and Catholics are idol worshippers. Period. Quote me. Right? They're idol worshippers. So, the Bible causes idols. Now, let me read you something regarding idols. We can find this in the book of... The book of Deuteronomy... Why am I in Philippians? You know what I mean? The book of Deuteronomy. Um, the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 4, verse 15 onwards. I'll just stop when I stop. Take careful heed to yourselves, for you saw no form when the Lord, God, the Lord spoke to you at Horeb, out of the midst of the fire, lest you act corruptly and make for yourself a carved image in the form of any figure, the likeness of male or female, the likeness of any animal that is on earth, or the likeness of any winged bird that flies in the air, the likeness of anything that creeps on the ground, or the likeness of any fish that is in the water beneath the earth. And take heed, lest you lift your take heed lest you lift your eyes to heaven and when you see the sun the moon and the stars or or the um or the host of heaven you feel driven to worship them and serve them which the lord your god has given to all the peoples under the whole heaven as heritage right it's saying this is talking about um when god was on mount sinai you know in horeb 
right? And was speaking to the children of Israel regarding like the Ten Commandments or speaking to uh, Moses and stuff. And basically they heard him, but they didn't see him. So this is basically Moses before, you know, he's coming to the end of his life pretty much, um, so to speak. And he's, he's recalling their, tra- their travel, the children of Israel's journey. And he says, remember this, remember that. But he's like, take heed to yourself. You didn't see God. So don't make gods. Don't create any images of God or whatever you might picture God to look like. Don't do that. Take heed. Don't carve out images made of wood, stone, whatever to worship him. God has been against idolatry. He has been combating idolatry since humans were on this earth. And the Bible even says, you shall not make for yourself a carved image, any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is on earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth. You shall not bow down to them, nor serve them for I, the Lord your God, I'm a jealous God. It's like, why would you worship a dead thing? And not the living God. And when it comes to Buddhism as well, based on my findings, what I was reading, the, the Buddha is a human. And they've carved an image of a of of a of what the Buddha looks like. You know, the, we all have seen the Buddha, you know what I mean? And though they say we have no God, but the Buddha is their God. You know what I mean? They're like incense to their Buddha. They meditate to their Buddha. They practice all these things. And you know what I found out? Yoga is part of Buddhism. You know what I mean? It's a spiritual thing. So those for those Christians who are like, well, I'm just going to do a little bit of yoga. Think about what you're doing because that's that's somebody else's God's instructions of what you need to do for mindfulness. You get what I'm saying? <laughs> the own meditation. What are you owning? You're you're doing rituals, chanting. Do, you know, let's think about what we're doing moving forward in it. But. When somebody says to Wonga, why Christianity? Why Seventh-day Adventism and not Buddhism? Because it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense that you say there's no beginning, nor is there an end, but there is an there is um, the origins of evil are with people. So where did that begin from? Did it just start? So that means there is no nirvana then. There is no heaven. Because if we just started being evil... Um, it means what's the point of us even trying to achieve nirvana if all we are is full of ourselves and full of evil. But one thing I suppose that's Buddhists and Christianity in terms of the Bible agree on is repay no evil with evil. You know what I mean? Do good amongst others. We believe in love. Buddhism is the religion that teaches love. I think a lot of religion, that's their focal point, is teaching them on love. But I think it's just some things are a little bit unsetting, unclear. You know what I mean? Um, We don't believe in heaven, but we do believe there's a hell. We do believe in karma, you know? And all those things, I think it's just chaos and it's confusion. There is no clear structure. It's like a person, a human being, made up a religion, you know, made things up as they went along. It's quite poetic. It's quite interesting. So people have gone, that sounds quite nice. And you know what? It's, it's, it's it, because it's all self-driven. There is no higher power that you're answering to, right? Even though their higher power, the Buddha, has given you these steps that you need to achieve nirvana. So it's like you are actually adhering to something. You are actually following rules. But God, the living God's rules are too tough. So we would rather do this. We would rather trust in our own understanding. Do you know who else is all about self? 
Do you know who else in the Bible is all about self? It's all about me. It's all about what they want. I'll read it to you. Lest you say, Tawonga made, made things up. In the book of Isaiah, um, in the book of Isaiah 14, verse 12 and onwards, I'll just stop where I stop. It says, how you are fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning. How you are cut down to the ground, you who weakened the nations. For you have said in your heart, yeah, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will also sit um, on the mount of the congregation on the farther side of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the most high. Lucifer was all about self, was all about I. And the Buddhist religion is all about you. You can do it. You can reach enlightenment. You can make things happen for yourself in your life. You can cease the suffering in your own life. How so, Sway? How, Sway? Because the last time I checked, unless I'm living in the wilderness by myself, other people's actions influence and provoke my emotions. That's why the Bible says, you know, uh, parents do not provoke your kids to anger because people's behaviors contribute to other people's reactions and behaviors you understand but the buddhist religion says no 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 it's all about you it's all about self and somebody else in the bible is all about self so as frankly as i can put it if you're not about god you're against god and if you're not if you're not about god and you're against god because of your own beliefs and all this then your religion is can only come from one place if you're not about the living God who created the heavens and earth and everything therein, your religion has only come from one source and one source only. Now the serpent was more cunning than any other beast in the garden. Listen, the devil is cunning. The devil is going to deceive a lot of people. The devil has deceived a lot of people. The devil has created confusion to bring about so many religions and in Christianity so many denominations and I know that even in Islam there is different there is different beliefs of like this type of Islam this type of Islam you know what I mean there is difference you know what I mean so at the end of the day if we can people who look down on Christianity and say well how can it be Christianity when you've got so many different beliefs in every single religion there's different levels to it it's not just Christianity, but because Jesus is hated, the living God is the most hated God that there ever was. There's always going to be issues, but, you know, fix your own home before you start fixing others. You know what I mean? However, right, <laughs> the Bible makes sense to me. The Bible is what makes sense to me. I can see why this Buddhist um, Buddhism would be attractive to other people. It is really poetic. It does sound good on the surface. It's very... It's very la di da. It's you know, it's very la 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 la. Do what you want, but you know, if you want to reach nirvana, you've got to, you know, take care of your karma. And people say that, oh, I don't want bad karma. You don't want bad karma. What does that mean? Suffering happens to everybody. <laughs> no one is immune from suffering. You can be the nicest person in the world and still get pooed on. You can be the nicest person in the world and still get betrayed. You can be the nicest person in the world and still get heartbroken. Heck, there once was a man who lived and he was blameless and the 
spotless lamb and he was crucified. They screamed, crucify him, even though there was no blame or fault found in him. And people cried. They want his life. They want this guy dead. So you could be the nicest person and still find yourself, still find yourself at the gates of mercy. We need God. We need mercy. We need grace. We can't do it by ourselves. I know that Buddhism says we can, but if you are a Buddhist and you're listening, look deeper, compare and contrast and think, how long have I been practicing Buddhism? And how do I feel? Am I closer to reaching Nirvana? And you're probably going to find that the answer is no. You're probably going to find that sometimes you are in Nirvana and then you'll immediately cut back. You're back down to reality, back down to earth and Nirvana is out of your sight, out of your reach. Why? Through our own efforts, it's not, it's impossible. I'm telling you that right now, it's impossible. Um, just like we can't get through life without having people around us to help us along the way. We can't get to quote-unquote nirvana, but to me I say heaven. We can't get to a life of no suffering without the creator, without the one whose power surpasses everybody, the one who can bring the peace that surpasses all understanding. But to conclude, what I've received or what I got from all of this is definitely it's a self-religion it's a self-driven religion it's all about you it's all about you and that's really what it's all about to be honest with you and to me that doesn't sound very good in christianity it's all about others it's not about me it's about you as in like the general sense of it's all about you but by buddhism it's all about me it's all about self Whereas Christianity, it's all about you. It's a life of servitude to others. It's a life of, life of making sure other people are doing good. It's a life of looking out for um, orphans, for widows, for the poor, for the needy, for the hungry, for the heartbroken, for the ones who are sorrowing. It's a life of other people. How can I help you? Not what can you do for me? Because as we've read in Isaiah, I will, I, I, I know you know? So I'm going to leave it there, friends. I hope that was beneficial. I feel like um, sometimes I can just go on. I don't really, don't, I never really know if I'm making a good point or the point is sinking in, but I hope that it has made sense to somebody and it has enlightened somebody as in like opened their eyes and made them go, okay, rah, let me read more in the Bible. Let me actually see what the Bible is saying. But Satan's job is to deceive. Satan's job is to get you not, as long as you are not focused on the living God, the creator of the universe, he doesn't care what religion you're believing in. You know what I mean? He doesn't give an eck. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, the Bible is calling for us to come out. And the Bible does say that, you know, I have sheep that are not part of this fold. Let me just read you the, the Bible verse. Um, so this Bible verse is taken from John 10 verse 16. And it says, and other sheep I have, which are not of this fold. Them also I must bring and they will hear my voice and there will be one flock and one shepherd. There are people who are Buddhists at the moment. There are people who are Hindus, Muslims, who are Mormons, who are Catholics. Jesus is calling you and he's saying, there are sheep that are not part of this flock. 
these Christians, those who believe in the Bible, biblical teachings, and they don't make up their own little things, a little add their own seasonings that ruin the meal along the way, right? There are many of those who are not here yet, but those I will call to myself and I'll bring them to myself. So if you are listening and you are Buddhist or you know somebody who is Buddhist, share this with them. Okay, share this with them. If I have spoken, you know, my research hasn't been very great, you know what I mean? And I could have said something that wasn't right. Um, then email me, right? So on three A's at gmail.com or if I didn't laugh, I'd cry at gmail.com. Let's talk about it. You get what I'm saying? But if the principle of what I'm saying has made sense, share this with somebody, send this to somebody. And next week, I will be looking into another religion, right? But let's save that for next week. So, you know, to leave us here, let me leave us with something, right? In the spirit of everything we've discussed, friends, um, I'm going to leave us with this. Be sober. Be vigilant. Wah, wah, wah. I'm sorry the episode is over, but please tune in next week for another exciting journey. Goodbye, goodbye, bye, bye, bye. Have good vibes. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.